On today's episode of Rise, Grind, Repeat, we talk to Dallin from Flamingo Pools. Talk about how he started his business, learning the ropes, running his dad's pool company. Let's dive right in. Well, well, Dallin, thank you so much for joining on another episode of uh, Rise, Grind, Repeat. Uh, I'm excited for this. There's a couple different uh, similarities from, yeah. uh, you know, entrepreneurship, but you guys have your own podcast and kind of, before we get too deep into each of those, would love to kind of know your story. What is your background? How did you get started in entrepreneurship? Yeah. Well, yeah. First off, thanks for having me. Super excited to, uh, to be here, um, share the story. So, um, I guess my story, we can start off, um, growing up, my dad was a teacher, didn't make a lot of money doing that, obviously. Um, so he had a, a little side business. He was actually a consultant to help people build their own pools. Uh, since he was a pretty cheap guy, he built his own pool and then he realized you can save a lot of money and people started asking him. And so, yeah, so that kind of naturally happened. Um, and so all growing up, me and my brother, uh, we worked for my dad. And so that's kind of how we made money growing up all through high school. So through school, I was able to save $10,000 just working for my dad. I hated it at the time, hated working, <laughs> hated pools. Um, obviously now looking back, I'm super grateful that he forced me to work and yeah, taught me how to work hard. Um, going back 2017 now, I'd been graduated for two years, didn't really know what I was going to do. And so I was just kind of jumping all over the place. I did a semester of school, semester of online school. Um, I almost moved. I had like five or six different jobs just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, and the only thing that I figured out during that period of time is that I didn't want to work for someone else. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it's a great thing to learn. I mean, especially early on. Right. So I was like, ah, this just isn't for me. Like I'm not enjoying what I'm doing. Um, my dad, I also don't like reading. I hate reading. I can't sit down. I have ADD, so I can't just sit down and read a book. Um, my dad had been pushing me for years to read a book called rich dad, poor dad. And one day I finally read it and it kind of just like changed my entire mindset on, on life and what you can do with your life. What, what was it? Cause I, I, it's weird. I've been literally seeing that so much more like in the last, like, I want to say six to eight weeks, just seeing that, that name. I've, I've heard of the, the book, I mean, a while back, but like, what, what is it about? What, what was that, that mind changing thing? I've wondered that too, because so many people say that and like, mm-hmm. what everyone had the same experience <laughs> yeah. as me. Like I'm not the only one here. Um, it just like shows you that, cause I think school is just so much like, there's just this one path you can take. Like you pick what you want to do, you go to college, you get this job after you graduate and you save up for retirement. And then, you know, six years later you retire and that's the end of your life. And rich dad, poor dad, just like kind of just opens your mind to there's so many options and you have total control over what you want to do with your life. And it just, you know, comes down to what, what you want to put into it is what you can get out of it. And it kind of just goes into a couple different, different ideas in terms of running your own business and real estate of, of ways to accomplish that. And so, yeah, I, I really had no idea like before that what entrepreneurship was and that like I, there was just a possibility that I could do my own thing and, and start a business because no one ever taught me that in school. I had no idea. It's it's amazing how much time we spend in school and how little we use the things that we were right, taught right. In, in real life. And they kept telling me, oh, you'll use it for your job. But I never did. So, yeah. So you read the book, cha- changed uh, your whole mindset. Yeah, and what yeah. were kind of the, the next steps after that? So after that, I read the book. I'm like, all right, I want to I want to start my business. What do I do? Um, I had the background in pools because my dad had forced me to do that all through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all through growing up. Um. And he, I was talking to him about it, that I wanted to do something. And he was encouraging me, why don't you start a pool company, like clean pools? And I was like, I hate pools. I'm not going to do that. Like, I don't want to do something that I hate. And he's like, you don't have to love it, but you obviously have this like desire and passion to start a business. Why don't you just, you know, give it a try? Because there's obviously a demand, especially here in Arizona. I don't want to do it. Finally, 
I was like, you know what? I'll just give it a try. I actually started two businesses right away. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I recommend that for everyone. Um, So I started that. I also started um, a little clothing company. Um, So that was, I felt like that's kind of something I had more of like a passion for. Um, But I definitely knew that with pools, there was a lot of demand there. And I already had a bit of knowledge, kind of a foot in the industry, if you will. Um, And so, yeah, that's kind of where I got started in 2000. So it was kind of a year from 2017 to the end of 2018. Um, where I was trying to figure all this out. And so the end of 2018 is when I officially got started with both businesses. And that's kind of, yeah, where it all starts. Nice. And are, are you still doing both? Yeah. So so I've got three things I'm doing now. Because uh, you mentioned the podcast. So I'm doing that. I'm doing the pool business. And so the uh, the apparel line has kind of taken a back seat just because these other two things have, have kept me so busy. And so kind of with that, I'm kind of figuring out what the next step is for that. Uh, but yeah, all three are still, still running. Yeah, that's cool. Um, how to check out the apparel company. I didn't know you had that. Um, when it comes to, to, to the pool company, I mean, it's obviously had some experience, but no experience yeah. starting a business. I and mean, what was it like getting it up and going? Yeah. So I, um, one of the jobs I had, I actually went and worked for a pool company just because, um, throughout this year, I was like, I, I know kind of what I'm doing. I thought I knew what I was doing. I didn't. <laughs> um, and, and actually while I was working for that company, I was like, there's no way I'm going to start a pool company. Like I cannot stand this. And so, um, I finished that job still not, um, not planning on starting a pool company. And then a couple months later, I, I decided to start it. So I'm, I'm glad I did that. So I had a bit of that knowledge. My dad had obviously all these contacts that he'd, he'd built pools for. And so I asked if he could send out an email to, to them, just let, letting them know, like I'm starting a pool company. And here I'm expecting like, all right, maybe I'll get like 50, 75, five clients respond. I had two, two people respond. <laughs> <laughs> so I started out cleaning my my parents' pool, my in-laws' pool, my grandma's pool, and then these two other people. So for the first couple of months, honestly, it was just these five pools that I was doing. And yeah, I, I knew nothing about business. So I was um, reading a lot of audiobooks, listening to a lot of audiobooks since I, I still can't sit down and read a book. Uh, doing that, listening to a lot of podcasts. And then any free time I had, I was just online, Google, YouTube, just searching on how to grow a business, how to how to get things rolling. No, I, I love it. I mean, if to, uh, the, the education is huge, I mean, you got to continue the educating or education and, yeah. and be learning whether, I mean, whether that's reading or watching videos, whatever it may yeah. be. So, I mean, kind of fast forward to, to now, I mean, you started with basically family and, yeah. and a couple other referral people. I mean, what, what are the, some of the things that you've done to, to help grow the business? I mean, I've gone to your website and now I'm seeing, I'm being retargeted. So you guys are dabbling in some ads now. I definitely see that. Um, what has it been like growing the business? Yeah, so it's been super fun, especially just like the marketing side of things and trying to grow. I feel like that's what I I really love about growing the business. Um, and people always ask me like, "Oh, what have you what you done to grow?" Because we really, ha- I feel like we've been really blessed and lucky to to kind of snowball and, and grow with with our company and our clients. Um, and there honestly hasn't been like like a special potion, if you will, that that we've done that's helped us grow. Because people ask like, "What do you do to grow something?" Like honestly, it's just like a little bit of everything. So I. Um, starting out, I didn't have any money to like invest in anything. So I just did whatever was free. So I made obviously a Facebook account an Instagram account. I set up a Google and Yelp account just to get like some basic SEO out there. Um, after I got a couple of bucks saved up, I, I, I invested in the website. So did that. Um, there's some like lead generating companies called Thumbtack. So I, I tried out that a bit. Um, and I even went door to door at first. So I printed out some flyers and I just started going door to door when I wasn't cleaning pools and just told them I, I started up a yeah. pool company, um, asked if I could clean their pool for them. And yeah, that's kind of how I started growing. And then I, as much as I can, I would save the money and reinvest it back into the company. 
Um, and so the biggest thing for me was to be working on the business and not in the business. So as soon as possible, I was trying to remove myself from cleaning the pools, not just because I didn't like it, which I didn't love cleaning pools. Um, I knew what I was doing though. So I, I was a decent pool cleaner, I'd, I'd like to think. Um, but yeah, I was trying to remo remove myself from that so I could focus on growing it because we kind of got to this weird point where where I was so busy cleaning it, but I didn't have time to do anything else. So it was kind of this weird Weird and really, honestly, a hard, hard time in life. Um, I mean, not hard, hard, but for, for running a business, it was, I was so busy just cleaning pools all day and I didn't have time to do anything else. Um, and so I, I eventually found someone to hire, um, super lucky find, and he still works for us today and is an awesome employee. And from there, I was really able to focus on marketing. Um, I was able to invest a couple of dollars into to Google ads and Facebook ads. And that's been huge for us as well. Um, obviously, customer referrals now that we're growing a bit bigger and just like offering incentives here and there. Um, another big thing for us has been networking. So I, I go to, to some networking groups, um, get to know other business owners there. And then just I, one day, I just thought, you know, who who knows my clients? Who knows my customers? Who's in the backyard? So I thought of realtors, landscapers, people that are going to be talking to these customers as well. And so I just tried to get in touch with as many of them as possible and say, Hey, you know, I have this pool company. I'm willing to offer you a little, you know, referral fee, a little kickback if you, if you recommend them to us and they sign up. So that's been big for us as well. No, that's you. I mean, it's uh, you did find the magic formula and it's literally blood, sweat and tears. Yeah. It's just putting in the work. I <laughs> right. mean, what it, what it really comes down to. And I mean, Interesting stuff. I mean, how you've kind of uh, invested into different uh, facets of the business. I personally love hearing that the Google ads and Facebook ads work, and that's yeah. uh, that's my that's my passion is Got the it. the paid media yeah. type of stuff. But I mean, going from literally nothing to blood, sweat, and tears to now you're able to to have some revenue coming that you can reinvest back into the business. Mm -hmm. Has there been one particular thing that you've kind of reinvested into the where it's just like, man, I wish I would have done that sooner? Um, where you saw things just kind of really take off from there. Um, we found a, a really big pool company. They build pools and clean pools. And I reached out to them along with a, a bunch of others and just said, Hey, like if you build this pool and you don't want to clean it, like I'll, I'll pay you this fee to take it. And they gave us a bunch of work. And so that, that was probably one of the biggest things that helped us kind of go from like only a couple of pools to like a pretty big chunk of pools, I feel like. Um, so having that connection was huge. He, they did pools and landscape. So they were just in a, in a ton like of backyards. Literally in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't, they didn't want any new accounts at the time. So they gave us a bunch of work of that. And if you can figure out Facebook ads, I feel like it's, uh, it's. So what's, what's been the biggest thing that you found? I mean, that, that you're seeing that's working. Is it a particular ad type, whether it's lead ads or the videos or. Yeah. So, I mean, I think a big thing is, is just the branding of the company. Um, it's cause like so many pool companies have such, I think, similar, um, names or like colors. It's all blue. It's all like clear water pools yeah. or clean pools. Um, and I think the pink just kind of stands out to people. And so all our ads, that's what we try to do, whether it's a video, we've done some video ads, we've just um, done a couple of photo shoots for content. Um, we've got a couple of pink trucks driving around too. So, um, so yeah, I think the branding of it has really helped, which I feel really lucky because I didn't think about that when I first started. I was like, Flamingo, that sounds cool. I'll do that. So that wasn't really the intention when I got started, but I feel like that um, has helped us kind of stick out through, yeah, when people are scrolling, it just kind of looks different than what they're used to seeing. So um, even if, if your, your branding isn't necessarily different, just figure out a way to make your ads kind of stick out to people. Cause anyone that's scrolling is seeing so many ads every day. So you just have to think, what am I going to do to stick out to them? Not only 
amongst my competition. So not only amongst pool companies, but amongst every ad they're seeing, like, why should they spend their time clicking on my ad? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it sounds like you just reverse engineer and really think through it. I mean, yeah. from who are the people that are in backyards? Typically, I need to network with them. What are the what's the competition doing? I think you just have a natural skill set of just kind of identifying where there's areas of opportunity, whether you purposely looked at that or it just kind of came right, naturally, yeah. which is it's really cool to hear. Appreciate it. Appreciate yeah. it. And so, I mean, it sounds like you've grown quite a bit and then in a short time. I mean, with that, I mean, what are what's the biggest thing that, that you've kind of struggled with and um, that you've learned from? Um biggest thing i've struggled with i i was nervous right at first obviously to to hire because when you're cleaning the pools I, I can confidently tell tell my customers that i know their pool is going to be taken care of that i'm going to be the one cleaning it um and then once you hire you know you want to be able to say that but you don't know until until they're <laughs> out there like you can interview and talk to them as much as you as you want but you don't know for sure how great they're going to be until they're out there doing that so that was a little scary at first and uh, just kind of going through um employees and figuring out who yeah, who who really wants to be there or not? So that was tricky, um, but we're super lucky with with the people we have on board right now. Um, and then just you know, as I've grown, just trying to remove myself from from other aspects of the business. Just thinking, you know, what's taking up too much of my time? What should I be focused on? Um, and just making sure that I'm focused on what's most important to help the business grow and and hiring people in other places where they should be. Yeah, no, it, it's tough. I mean, you, you built a baby and it's it's tough to, hey, let someone else come in. And yeah. I mean, you speak so highly of it. Are they going to respect it that right. much? Right. And um, and not only that, it's, you know, you're doing it yourself. You're grinding a ton. You're cleaning the pool. You're trying to do sales. And it's like, well, do I hire someone? And then if I do, then it's like, look at how much it literally cuts the, the revenue in half or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Can I still live and eat? And uh, how did you kind of navigate that where you, you gave up kind of that control of the baby, allowing someone else to uh, come in and, and work for you, but also make that leap of faith? No one go, you know what? I might take a hit on revenue for the next couple of months, yeah. but this doesn't allow me to do more sales and revenue driving activities, which will then more than pay for, uh, you know, the drop in, in profitability over yeah. the last yeah. like, three months. So, so now it's, it's definitely more analytical. I'll look at everything. I'll look at our finance and be like, all right, can I afford to, to do this person? But honestly, back then, like you said, it was a leap of faith. It was, <laughs> I, I didn't know like that these were things you're supposed to do. I've read books now, like looking back, like, oh gosh, like this would have totally <laughs> helped me with when to do this and how to do this. But I it just like I just felt it like, all right, I shouldn't be cleaning. I just knew that I shouldn't be cleaning pools. And at the time, I still didn't know like a ton about entrepreneurship and, and growing and scaling a business. Um, I just knew that this wasn't the best use of my time. Like I need to be doing other things in the business. And so, um, yeah, back then it was just I, I am going to work on other stuff. I'm going to hire this person like I know that. It will we'll get by. I'm not going to go bankrupt if I hire this if I hire this person. So I'm just going to do it and see see what happens and, and just work my tail off in other aspects of the business and make sure that I'm I'm growing and yeah. make it work basically. Yeah. No, I I love it. Isn't it funny when you look back and go, holy crap, why did I even make that decision? Like that was not a sound, but it <laughs> right. just worked out. Like, I mean, oh, sometimes wow. your your hunch just kind of yeah. and yeah. and and once you kind of made that decision, it's like all right, well I'm getting thrown in the fire. Got to figure out how to make exactly. it happen. And sometimes yeah. you kind of have to get uncomfortable, and it makes makes things happen. And, and with that, I mean, I think something that a lot of small business owners really struggle with is trying to, trying to find those employees that are, they want to, they want the employee to be as dedicated as them. I mean, that's, that's tough to say. It's like, well, you own the business, you're getting paid a lot more, but it is hard to find, I mean, good, good quality work where someone's going to be passionate and, and execute at the level that you're really selling to clients. And yeah. what has that process been like, you know, going through the hiring, identifying, all right, that might not be a good fit, having that conversation saying, eh not going to work out. I mean, how have you kind of navigated those waters? 
Yeah. So I wouldn't say that I'm perfect at it first off. <laughs> um, um, really just, just sitting down and having a, a heart to heart conversation with them. Uh, I remember with jobs that I had, I was afraid to, to tell them that I didn't want to be there long-term. And so I wanted my guys to, to feel like they could be honest with me on like what their intentions are and what their plans are. Cause like for me, I don't care as much if you want to be here for, you know, two years versus the rest of your career, rather than I know what you're doing that way I can plan for it. And so I felt like I had bosses in the past where like, I felt pressured to tell them that I was going to going to be there forever. So I'd get hired. Um, so I just tried to be really open and honest with my guys. Like, Hey, like what, what do you want out of this? And let's see if, if that's a match for what we're looking for. And as long as like you let me know that, Hey, you know, I think I'm going to be here for two, three years and then I've got other things I want to do, or I'd like to move up in the company. Um, just let me know that and, and keep me updated and, and, you know, we can work around that. And I try to let them know, like, just cause I'm your, your boss, it doesn't make me better than you in any way. Like most of the time I'm younger than the guys that are that are coming in. So I think they're kind of yeah, taken right. back. It is, it's not anymore. I'm used to it now, but I got guys, you know, 20, 30 years older than me coming in and we're talking, I think at first it's kind of weird, but I just yeah. try to make sure and immediately let them know that, Hey, I don't, I don't feel like I'm better than you. Um, in any way. Yeah. yeah. It's just where we are in, in different spots and we both have different things we're, we're going for in life right now. Yeah. I mean, it all comes down to communication and if you set up those parameters and, and communicate well, it just, it helps you make better decisions. And I mean, it's just all around, it's a better work environment because mm -hmm. they're, they're not afraid of, well, he's going to get mad if I try and leave. And it's amazing how much honesty goes a, a very long way. And just having that open communication with, with employees, which I think is something that's changing quite a bit in the workforce. I mean, yeah. it used to be like, yeah, you didn't say that stuff to your boss. You don't talk about financial, all that type of stuff. But I think openness and transparency and communication are, are becoming more more of a thing in these businesses that are that are really succeeding and growing yeah for sure and i say that and it, it's not as easy as it sounds like i've had i've i've gotten screwed over by people in the past and you just gotta go through it sometimes i think it's it's part of being a business owner and if you want to grow a business you're you're gonna have some people that are kind of gonna kind of screw up your business yeah, a bit yeah. here and there and i mean it's it's yeah, you live and you learn right exactly yeah. as long as you learn from it that's yeah. that's all that matters mm -hmm. And one thing I can appreciate, I, again, you know, before this was mentioning huge uh, data and analytics nerd, I mean, heard you mention a couple of times, you know, looking at data, using data, how much is data part of your day-to-day decision-making? And has there been any point in the past where you've kind of looked back and go, I used data to make that decision and looking back on, wow, that was a really good decision that I made. And, and it was nice having the data to be able to make that better business decision. Yeah, it's big. And luckily I've got, I've got people now that, that help me with that as well. Um, as well as just people in my life that I can call and be like, Hey, like, these are the numbers. Like, what do you think of this? Um, a big thing for us is we, we acquired a smaller pool company. Um, and so there's a lot of, of data that went into that in terms of, you know, what, what they were charging for, for their service, um, what they were profiting and bringing all that over to us, if we were going to be able to afford it. Um, the amount of money we're gonna have to, to purchase it for. So that was probably one of the, the biggest things that comes to mind in terms of um, data analytics. And I'm glad we went through that because there was a couple other that we'd looked at in the past and I wanted to say yes, cause it looked good. But but when it came down to the, the numbers and the analytics, I knew like deep down that it wasn't gonna work. Um, and so it was really hard to say no to it. But the one we did go with is the one that it might not have looked best on the surface level, but when it came down to the data, it, it worked out the best for us. That, that's awesome. So you guys have actually done some M&A and, yeah. uh, and whatnot. I mean, what, what is that like? I think that's, uh, that's something that a lot of people would, would love to do, but I mean, kind of explain that, that process. What was that to kind of go of through? Of like acquiring the yeah, business? Yeah, going through and how did, how did that whole thing just start? What was the process like? I mean, 
Is it something you would also recommend other people do? Did it help you guys from a... I, I would recommend it if if you're trying to grow your business and scale it and and the numbers work, I think it's got to be the, the right person, the right time. There's so many things that have to, to come together and you have to make sure that you're not saying yes to everything that comes along because... I, I put myself out there in, in groups and just online. I'm always searching for um, for potential companies that, you know, people that are wanting to retire or if a bigger company is just trying to get rid of like a portion of their their pools in a certain area. So I'm always um, making myself known that I'm looking for that. And so I get a lot of things come across me. Um, so yeah, if, if you're looking for that, just, you know, go on Facebook, find a Facebook group. There's so many Facebook groups for like specific industries. So if you get into those groups, you can start net networking with people that do what you do and, and just start asking people around like, Hey, are you, are you retiring anytime soon? Or, or are you happy with the amount of work that you have? Do you want less? Um, and yeah, so d through doing that, we just, we, we see different deals that come up and we just, yeah, like you said, look at the numbers, see if we can handle the work. Cause it's also tricky in terms of, um, a lot of times we're so booked with our current employees that getting on this new work means we need to hire new people. And so how we kind of figured that out, because I was nervous, like if I hire this new person, I have to trust that they're going to do good on these new pools. Like, how am I supposed to guarantee that? So I'll usually have my, my more seasoned guys take over those new accounts and then bring my new guys to our pools that and our customers that we've had for a while. So that's kind of the process. And it, it, it's fun um, as well. It's, it just, it shakes things up a bit. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I definitely think if you're, if you're trying to grow and scale your business, it's obviously one of the fastest ways to do it. If, if the numbers make sense. Yeah. yeah. It's a quick way to also, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah not, not, not be pretty financially if, uh, the numbers aren't lining yeah. up. And, and I will say at first, when I first started business, uh, when I first started this business, I saw people selling routes and, and the amount that they were selling your business for it. I was like, why would you pay for that? And I, I didn't understand like the, the ability to, to, to get a loan or put down an investment per se, and, and basically make that up in the future. I was like, you're, you're having to work for free for like a year or two yeah. if, if you're buying this. And that didn't like click to me at first, but I was like, well, I can do this up front. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm working off for a year or two. But then after that, that's all profit that I'm making. And so if it, it doesn't always necessarily make sense, but if the numbers do make sense, I think it'd be a valuable asset for a business that's trying to grow fast. Yeah, no, I mean, there's huge opportunity in that for sure. Um, and one thing that I, I love that you mentioned, I mean, knowing how to say no, it's literally come up uh, probably in the last couple episodes is, uh, Things have changed personally and uh, financially for the business once the the owner, operator, whatever, learn how to say no a bit more. I mean, was that was that a struggle? Because most entrepreneurs, they're they're givers. They want to give. They want to do good for whatever audience they're serving, whatever it may be. And it's it's tough to say. I I struggle with it quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, what is that something that just came naturally or? No, that's probably one of the biggest thing I struggle with is saying no to, to opportunities because like I'll just get so hyped up about an opportunity that comes across me and I'm always just trying to figure out like how can I make it work? And if you really want, you can kind of talk yourself into saying we could make oh, this yeah. work. So that's something I have to hold back with. I'm lucky my wife always kind of calms me down is like, are you sure about that? Like, do you really want to do that? And I'll get mad at her at first for telling me that. But then eventually and then I'll, I'll have to sleep on it and then I'll wake up and be like, all right, maybe that's not the best thing to do. But yeah, I, I always want to say yes to, to opportunities. So uh, I can't, I can't say the quote, I'll butcher it, but something along the lines of the greatest, greatest entrepreneurs, um, to be one of the greatest entrepreneurs, you have to say no to a lot of good opportunities. So you can say yes to the best opportunities. Yeah. No, that, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, there's something that I, I stumbled on. I can't remember what news, not, uh, I don't know if it's a news article. Um, basically it was about, uh, the pool, um, business and everything. And something that stuck out was, uh, 
you know, it, it asked about what is something that's big on your radar over the next five years and, and automation, you mentioned automation came up. Um, I think it's a lot of, a lot of, I mean, I, I love the automation. There's so much efficiencies that can be seen, but I mean, most people are, are worried about automation. It's taking jobs and all that. So, I mean, right. we'd love to kind of hear why are you so excited about automation? Is it more for the operation of the business, the marketing side, a little bit of everything? Um, it's both. It's for us and for the customer. So with automation, you can control your pool from your phone. So let's say you have um, you have a, a hot tub and you're out at dinner and you decide you want to go swimming when you get home while you're at dinner, you can turn on the hot tub because usually that's going to take like an hour to heat up. So by the time you get home, it's ready for you to get in the pool. Or if it's raining and it's all muddy back there, you want to go back to the equipment, you can turn your lights on, turn your waterfall on. If the kids want to go outside and swim, you don't have to go back and mess with the equipment in the dark. So um, there's a lot of benefits from the customer side <clears throat> from, from the pool service perspective as well. If we can have as many of our clients um, on automation as well, we can control things from our phone. So if there's an issue at the pool, the first thing we can do before going out there, we can check on our phone to see if their, their equipment is up and running. Um, if there's a big storm that comes in, we can turn on their equipment and have it run overnight. So that way, if a monsoon comes in, um, we can have their vacuum start cleaning up all that dirt. So by the time we get there the next morning, we can focus on more important tasks while we're there instead of spending an extra 30 minutes brushing up that dirt. So yeah, there's a lot of benefits for us as well as the customers. And um, it's just really getting started, I think, in the pool industry. So there's a lot of work to be done, but they're starting to do integrations with like Alexa. So you can tell Alexa to turn your pool lights on. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I think it'll it'll grow and, and get bigger over the next couple of years. Yeah. And I... Like I said, I think some people are all for it, against it. I yeah. mean, is there any part of you that kind of worries that people might start saying, well, if I can automate the cleaning and everything, do I really need your guys' service? Yeah, I think, I think I'm not afraid of that necessarily because I think the human aspect of any business is so important. And I think there'll be a couple of people that'll do that. Um, Cause yeah, there are things that like they'll, it'll tell you that it can add chemicals to your pool automatically. Um, but I think the human touch is so important, not only with cleaning the pool and being able to, you know, see this one little spot that didn't get cleaned, um, that automation might not be able to do. Um, but also really on the customer service side of things. So that's something that we really try to, to focus on as well, because automation can't answer the question you have of, of why your pool looks a little cloudy or what, what this piece of equipment is back there. So we really try um, to, to be great in terms of customer service, whether that's our technicians who are out cleaning the pools, if they have a quick question for them or whether they call the office and speak to, to our awesome receptionist, um, that they're going to get customer service. That's worth the price they're paying. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Cause it's automation is going to do a lot, but it's not going to entirely replace human. I think we have a ways to go before that happens. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of people get worried that it's going to replace stuff, but to me, it's like, well, if I could service 10 pools alone, if I can bring in automation, a little bit of this, now I can service 20 pools. Exactly. So now we can grow that much yeah. bigger, serve that many more people. Yeah. The cost of it probably comes down a little bit for the consumer. So, I mean, it's, it, I think it's, it's a huge win-win. I think it's a win-win for everyone. So yeah, I don't think there's anything to be afraid of. I, I think we should embrace it and see how we can not only help us, but help our customers with it as well. I don't yeah. think it has to take us away in, in that yeah. sense. No, that's, that's awesome. I, I, man, love, love, loving everything. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, touched a little bit on kind of biggest learning opportunity or, or uh, hurdle that you face, but I mean, since, since you've been kind of growing the business, what's been the most, uh, enjoyable thing or what was the one, like, what's been one big moment where it's just like, made just go to bed the happiest, uh, since starting the business. Um, one big moment, I'll, I'll say like in general, I, I mentioned, I love marketing. So that's a big thing for me. I just love seeing a business grow. Like it really, I don't know what it is about it, 
But I, I think even if it wasn't pools, because I'll tell you, I don't love pools. Like if anything, <laughs> I'm starting to get sick of pools just because <laughs> just I'm dealing with it so much. Um, but whatever the business is, I just love to be a part of something that's growing. And I think it's so cool to to just have an impact on on people's lives, even if it's something as silly as pools, but to just like help you out, whether we're saving them a bit of money or just providing with an awesome um, you know customer service experience. And then also just being able to provide jobs um, to, to some of these great people that I'm working with now it's just been a really cool feeling to go to bed knowing that I'm, I'm providing that for, for these people and for the customers. No, that, that, that's awesome. And I mean, you started a business a couple, two years ago and, and, uh, I mean, a lot, a lot of learning from there, but I mean, 2020 is, is, uh, it, it was nuts. Um, I mean, it's a lot of businesses had to change their, their business model. A lot of, I mean, it's, there was a lot of shakeup this last, last year. I mean, how did you guys fare, uh, with everything? Did you guys have to change? your business model at all? Did you guys change your marketing or? Yeah. So it was interesting. So right at first, um, people started to get nervous. We had a couple people cancel right away. And like within a couple of days, we had quite a few cancellations and I, I started to freak out like what's going to happen here. Um, but what we started to see is everyone was stuck at home all summer. And so they wanted to, to be in their pool. And so we actually had an incredible summer. We actually boosted our Facebook ads. We just, cause like, um, community pools were shut down too. And so the only place people could swim is in their own backyards or their friends' backyards. So we um, we did a lot of ads talking about that, like, hey, this pool, this, this is like what you can do this summer. That's where you're going to have some fun. And so we, I took the risk and invested more money than we were usually doing into those ads. And we had a ton of work in terms of, you know, green pools, turning those around, just getting people's equipment back up um, and running. So, yeah, we had a, a, a pretty good summer. Then um, we had a little issue with, with chlorine during the summer. Um, and then there was a fire on the, the West coast that, or sorry, oh, the yeah, East coast yeah. that, that burnt down basically the plant where they produce all the chlorine. And so that has put another little twist on, on our, our 2020. So chlorine has been super hard to come by. Wow. We've been really pushing salt cells and salt generators, uh, for our customers because the price of our chlorine, um, has skyrocketed. And so we've, we've still been able to not um, bump our customers price because we want to keep them at where they're at um, so we've been eating that cost for now but yeah we're encouraging everyone to get salt sales because that's been another tricky thing to navigate um, so yeah that's another thing we've done to pivot is just um, talk about alternatives in terms of chlorine in terms of of keeping the pool clean yeah i absolutely love that you poured more money into the to the marketing i mean it's just I've seen some companies uh, pull back some invest more yeah. um i mean what how was that thought process where it's like all right we saw slow down things are picking back up i mean really rolling the dice where it's like well like could have a, a little uptick in sales, but if I invest, it could just be a small uptick and in right. investing and actually lose money. I mean, was that that tough to make that decision to invest? Um, for me, I've, I've realized that I, I can take risks and I'm not too nervous to do it. And I feel like, you know, I might lose money, but to me, that's like, I don't see that as like a thing that's going to stop me from, from trying. I, what, what sounds worse to me is not trying that. And wondering for the rest of the year, what would have happened if I, if I would have done that? So I would rather put in the money, take the risk and lose all that money and know that, that I tried it rather than not do it all. So for me, yeah, I, it, it's not that hard to, to take those risks. And I'm like, if I lose the money, I'll just, I'll just figure out how to make it again. I'll hustle yeah. and do something to get the money again. So <laughs> no, I, I love it. And I mean, uh, when it comes to Flamingo pools, I mean, um, you, you're doing a lot. What are what are some of the biggest goals that you guys have in the next uh, three to six months for uh, just the pool company specifically? Yeah, so we're really trying to obviously just to continue to grow. Um, the two biggest things, number one, is is to grow our customer base, just get more customers. 
um, into the, the Flipping Pools family, um, as well as just take care of our, our current customers. So we have a lot of customers with older equipment um, or with um, older pools. And so we want to let them know the benefits. And we, we try not to be you know too pushy or salesy, but let them know what options they have. Like, hey, if you upgrade your pump to, to a variable speed pump, you're obviously paying you know this amount of money up front, but you're going to save about $1,000 a year on your electricity bill. Or if you drain your pool um, and put fresh water in it instead of this 10-year-old water we're swimming in, it's going to feel better. And we don't have to dump as many chemicals in the pool. It's going to feel better when you're swimming. So yeah, we're just really trying to, uh, as much as we're trying to focus on growing, make sure that we're taking care of our current customers and just providing them with the best value that they can get from a pool company. Well, it sounds like, I mean, you're, you're obviously trying to get more sales, but in order to do that, you're not promoting discounts and all that. You're educating. And yeah. I think, uh, is that something you guys have always done for a while? Um, I, for me, I just, I always, before I, I do something, I just try to put myself in the customer's shoes and just think, you know, what would I want from a pool company? I don't want someone constantly like calling or emailing me like, oh, you should buy this, buy this. Um, but I would appreciate, you know, letting me know what my options are like, Hey, if you're interested, like these are some things you can do, um, to improve your pool aesthetically. These are some things you can do to improve your pool and, and save you money. These are going to make you give you a better swimming experience. Um, so I feel like I'd really appreciate that from, you know, any sort of company that I'm, I'm doing business with. So I always just try to put myself in the customer's shoes and think, you know, what would they want? What would make them happy? What's going to make them want to stick with us um, versus go to another company? Uh, it's smart. I mean, too many people are, hey, we got $10 off this new pump or the, this this chemical, whatever it may be. Right, right. I mean, show people the the why and yeah. the different options yeah. and, and the long term. I think what you're, you're doing is just showing the opportunity costs. It's like, hey, it might cost you a thousand bucks, but over the course of 12 months, it's going to save you this much and yeah. make you feel better. I mean, it's it's a smart way to do it rather yeah. than eh, emails here, text here, just uh -huh. discount and discount, discount. Yeah, Everyone's and I think it, it really comes down to like how you actually feel about it. If, if all you're wanting is to just make more money, then I think the customers can kind of feel that. But we genuinely want to help our customers and and let them know the best options that they have for their pool because for a lot of people that's like you know growing up you think of of your pool and all the fun memories you had in it so we want to make that the best experience for them possible so we're just trying to um to come off and, and make sure that they know that we're genuinely wanting to improve their swimming experience in any way we can yeah no no i love it i mean learned a lot just from uh, fl the flamingo pools learn um about what i might get into transition to just the uh, i mean mentioned you started a podcast yeah. i mean Sounds like you have such a huge heart for entrepreneurs, people that are just wanting to go do it. You love being part of growth. That's, I mean, that's, that's the only reason why I love do, having a marketing agency is like, can literally help other businesses grow. And, right. and there's things that we can do, strategies we can bring in the table um, and help them grow. That being said, I mean, what, what, why did you start the podcast? Yeah. So going back um, to when I first started the pool business, uh, entrepreneurship and starting a business, it can be super lonely. Um, you're just working all day and there's not a lot of interaction. Usually I remember the first, you know, six months of starting, I, I talked to dogs more than I talked to humans, <laughs> I think. Um, so that being said, I was, I always had, you know, my AirPods in listening to an audiobook and podcast and I got so much great information from, from them. Um, but at the same time I was listening to these millionaires and billionaires and a lot of the information or, or tips there and advice they were giving. Um, I, there was, I just felt sort of a disconnect there. Um, and I was like, gosh, I would love to to have some role models or just some business owners that I know that are kind of going through more of what I'm going through that are in their you know first couple, even their first, you know, 15, 20 years of business, um, just kind of making the business decisions that I'm making, not not some of these guys that are yeah. that are way up and doing those. Um, and so I was like, I would love to have uh, a network of people because I really didn't know any business owners at the time. I didn't have anyone I could reach out to and ask questions. I just had to figure it out. 
um, other than my dad, my dad was super helpful, but he just kind of had a thing on thing on the side. So he didn't, obviously yeah, he didn't know yeah. everything. Um, so that along with just, I uh, getting started, I realized how hard it is to start a business. And I just gained an appreciation for all these small business owners and all the, the hard work and effort that they're putting into their businesses and their passions. And I just, I was like, I would love to just support businesses more. So um, this desire to support businesses more, as well as wanting to, um, you know, hear more from people kind of on my level. I just kind of put those together. I'm like, why don't I start a podcast that we can hear from these business owners that are all going through similar things um, and then being able to promote a different business every week. And even though um, every week we have a business from a, a such different industries, I think there's so much correlation and so much that can relate to to everything that we're all going through as business owners. Yeah. I mean, ultimately it's how do you decision make? What are you looking at? I mean, at the end of the day, after you make the decision, whether it's uh, cleaning a pool or creating a video, whatever it may be, that might be different. But at the end of the day, how you approach that, how you sure. go about it, how you look at finances to know whether something's yeah. right or wrong. I mean, yeah. it's insane how little there is out there unless you want to listen. I mean, the Gary V's, the, the, the big, huge, huge people that have, you know, the decisions they're making are quantified in millions and billions of dollars. Not like, Hey, you know, it's, do I hire them and not eat for a little bit or, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. tough. Yeah. And with that, I mean, have it, it's not like you created that to help create mentorship essentially is, is you're doing that through the podcast. Yeah. Have you, have you found a mentor or anything like that? Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't say one in particular, but yeah, I've, I've been able to network with a ton of business owners. Um, some that have been in business longer, some that have been in business shorter than me. And then we've kind of all just been able to talk here and there. And I, hopefully there's been a lot of listeners um, that have been able to 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 learn from the podcast as well. My goal is to one day interview someone that that started a business because they heard the podcast and they got advice from from one that of the business owners cool. that came on. So that's what I would love to to have one day. But yeah, I've I've learned a ton, um, and I, and I love having not just one person's advice, but just you know advice from so many people. Because sometimes I'll be a little selfish when they come on and I'll ask a, a question specific to like, I really want to know the answer to this question. Like, why don't you come in? We'll do an interview and. And promote your business at the same yeah. time. So it's it's great for them too. But I'm able to ask this question and get so much perspective from so many different people. Yeah. And at least you're able to provide value while being selfish at the same time. For right? sure. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's all, I mean, it's, you can ask and get it. I mean, that that's cool. But I mean, the fact that you're able to help someone else produce some content, hide themselves. I mean, it's, it's a win-win and that's what it's all about is how can you create win-win-wins for everyone. And essentially that's, that's how, I mean, the growth and everything happens. Yeah. I think that's so big for business owners and me too. Starting off, I was like, who am I to ask this person for advice? Like, why would this person want to give me their secrets and also spend their time going out to lunch with me or taking a phone call with me? And I think it's just, um, well, two things. One, I think people are a lot more willing to share advice than we think they are. I think people, once they are successful and once they learn a lot, they want to share that knowledge because there's nothing else they can do with it. Um, and two, just figure out what you can do to provide value for them, whether that's just um, taking them out to lunch, buying them lunch, or just, I think we... We all have so much to offer. And so even if you've only been in business for a couple of months, I think there's something that that you have that's valuable to, to someone that's been in business for a long time. So just figure out what your talents are, what you can offer to other people. Um, and yeah, so for me, it was a podcast, but for other people, it could be some other talent they have that they can provide value and, and find a mentorship from it. Yeah. No, it's funny because it's uh, I'm a huge proponent of give your knowledge away. Yeah. And I mean, there's especially, I mean, agencies are so tight lipped about everything. They're like, well, we don't give her trade secrets and all this secrets, yeah. but at the end of the day i mean how i see it is like you can give it all away and but at the end of the day 99.8 percent of people aren't going to take it and actually execute right. in a way that you're doing they might take some of it and and do it on their own but i mean i don't know it comes down to scarcity versus abundance and i, I i'm a big believer in abundance and it's like 
even if the, that 2% or whatever it is does it, replicates it or whatever, there's still millions of people in this world. It's, oh, it's, there's, there, yeah. we can't service everyone. And it's yeah. like, I, it blows my mind. I mean, it's, yeah, like you said, that abundance mindset was huge. I mentioned earlier, I think I try to have the same thing when it comes to money and taking risks with money, just have an abundance mindset that that money will always be there and, and there's enough money for everyone. And same with, same with just the amount of business that you're doing. Um, don't be afraid to, to share your secrets because, you know, what you share, I think it's going to come back to you. Um, and yeah, just just have that abundance mindset. I think it's going to help you grow, help you network. Yeah, no, uh, this has been great and loved hearing the the kind of the goals for uh, the, the pool business. Yeah. You personally, what are some of your your big goals that you're trying to accomplish over the next three to six months? Gosh, that's big. Um, three to six months. I, I actually just read this book. Um, it's called the 12 week year and it talks about setting. That's another one I've been seeing come up on my, yeah, on Instagram and Facebook a lot lately. I hear about it? I heard, I heard about it from a podcast. They interviewed the author. So like, I got to check that out. And so it's super interesting. It just talks about, um, instead of setting year long goals, um, because sometimes that a year is so long that you can kind of procrastinate until the end of the year and you end up doing things in a year that you could have done in a lot shorter period of time. So Right now, that's something that I'm focusing on is just setting 12 week goals. And so, you know, for each of my businesses, as well as in my personal life, I've got um, specific goals that I'm setting, whether that has to do with, you know, the, the amount of revenue that we're doing um, or just my relationships or just things that are going to make me happy as a person. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't say nothing in specific, but just a lot of just small things here and there for throughout my business, my life that I'm trying to, to improve over the next 12 weeks. And then from there, assess. Um, where I am and then make more 12 weeks goals. And it's, it's all about having like a long-term vision and setting goals that, that are towards that vision. Yeah. Well, just shorter chunks that are more attainable. So yeah. you can actually see the milestones sure. and progress. Yeah. And were you, were you a big goal setter before that at all? Or not was really, it, yeah. I mean, I'll set my yearly goals, but I never end up doing them and yeah. it, we're just a week in so far, but I've, I've been tracking everything and it's, it's just crazy when you track things and how much of an effect that has on, on what you get done. So yeah, well, I mean, I, I think it's just, you know, you set, even if you spent the time to think a year out, I mean, yeah. more times than not, 2020 happened. And it's like, you would have thought if you would have taken two weeks to plan all 2020 out and it changes like that, when when reality happens, chances are most of the time it's not going to be what you even plan. Exactly. So not spending too much time over planning, but also having the ability to pivot in real time. And that's where I think that that 12 weeks is like a per like, yeah. there's not enough to where the world can blow up, hopefully in, in 12 weeks, <laughs> right. but it's still long enough to where there, there's some work that needs to be put in and, and, and you can accomplish those goals. Yeah. Cause anyone who set their goals at the beginning of 2020, the, <laughs> it's like they did not do yeah. what they originally yeah. planned on doing. They might have done better or worse, but having those 12 week goals, you can kind of pivot and adjust based off, you know, where, what you did those last 12 weeks and just kind of where the world is at. So. Yeah, no. And, and to kind of wrap things up, um, I, I love everything that you're doing. I mean, you're super knowledgeable. You have the intuition of an entrepreneur. Um, you know, you're, you're even passing that wisdom off, starting your own thing. Um, that being said, anyone that's trying to start their own business, you know, whether it's brand new or they're a year or two in, they're kind of getting some growth, but they really want to try and figure out the next step. I mean, what's the biggest piece of advice you'd have for anyone that's just starting out or new? Yeah, I would say the biggest thing is just to be intentional and and to ask yourself, what's your why? Like, why are you doing this? And I think if you ask, you might have like an initial answer, but then, okay, why do you want that? And just keep going down until you figure out exactly why you're doing what you're doing. I don't necessarily think, and I know not everyone agrees with this, but I don't think you need to be super passionate about what you do. I think you need to be super passionate about your why and about your end goal. So for me, an example, I don't, necessarily have a passion for pools, but you know, my end goal is to just have uh, financial freedom and flexibility over my schedule and to be able to have time to, um, to create strong relationships with my family one day. 
Um, and so that's, that's my, my end why. And so for me, the road to get there is by building these businesses. So at times it gets hard. Um, and I just think of, of that why, and that's what helps me get through those times. And I think that can be the most motivating thing to help you, um, to do hard things in life is to, to remember your, your end goal and, and always have that in mind. Yeah, no, that's a super unique perspective. Cause like, like you mentioned, most people are like, well, don't do anything until you're passionate about it. But it's like, well, there's a lot that can be accomplished. Like if it takes 12 years to find that thing, yeah. there's a lot that can be accomplished. Um, like you said, if it doesn't necessarily need to be my, my passion is bubble gum. So I need to figure out how to build a business around bubble gum. Exactly. It's, it's, and that could be part of, yeah. Part and of you the, can figure out a way to incorporate things you love into it. Like I, I love, like I said, I love marketing. I love growing a business. So I'm able to incorporate those things. Um, but I realized that, you know, whatever, I, I just love growing a business. So luckily for me, that's a great thing I can do to, to reach my end goal and like my passion, like I'll say basketball or something. If I tried to, to create a business around basketball, I don't know, maybe it'd do good, but I, I probably wouldn't be where I am right now in, in terms of on the road to my end goal if I would have just focused on what do you love. Yeah, no, absolutely love it. This has been great. I, I, I'm excited to see what you do in the future. I have no doubt you're going to blow up even bigger this next year. And then I have a, I have a, I have a funny feeling you're going to do something marketing related because it's I'd see the passion in helping others grow. You have a passion for marketing. It's uh, I, I can't wait to see what uh, the, the future holds for you. But I really appreciate the time. Appreciate it coming in. I appreciate it coming I, on. I it was can't fun. Wait to see you have a strong 2021. We'll see. I love it. Thanks, man.